Let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask, Lord, that you, uh, you speak to us today, Father God. Help us to hear your word, hear your plans for our lives today, Father. Help us to draw close to you, Father God, so that we may be a little bit of your light in this world, Father. So that we may be your hands and feet to those that are in need today, Father God. Lord, I ask that you that you let us not leave this place the same way we came in, Father God. But let us leave with a renewed spirit and a passion of flame, Father. Lord, we seek you. We ask that you speak to our hearts today. God's people say, Amen. You know, in being a pastor's kid, it's, you know what, hold on. I, I love, I love, I love. No, I don't love being up there, but it's, it's an awesome place to be up at the pulpit, at the altar. Um, and I praise God because he lets us stand here and talk about his things, about his plans for our lives. But what I, what I love the most is being able to be here with you guys. Family. And down here, I feel a little less nervous because I already am nervous. But I know that I can rely on you guys and I can look, out, look out and I can see you guys smile and say, hey, no, you're, you're good. Or you get this one look that's like, what are you talking about? So I praise God because we're all going to preach through this today. Amen. Coming from a, uh, a pastor's family, it's, it's pretty difficult because New Year's Eve... You always hear that one sermon that let's let's uh, let's renew our, our our strength and 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 what is it? Everybody makes those those resolutions. Amen. Yes. No. <laughs> I mean, how many times have you heard have heard people say, you know what? This year I'm going to lose weight. Yeah, kind of. This year. I'm going to uh, I'm going to get to the gym. I'm going to work out, and I'm going to just look all cut up. Yeah, that's. You never hear anybody say this year. I'm going to make sure that I get through a pound of cookies a month. I know. I was like, yes, that's better. You know? No, you don't. You hear? Uh, uh, okay, well, we are in church, so you'll hear. I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. Praise God. And inside, we're actually saying, I'm going to binge watch The Flash 
or when calls the heart. Or I'm going to binge watch uh, what? Uh, oh, I know. Watch this. Walking Dead. <laughs> These guys, man, you bad, bad, Mike. <laughs> you know, you never hear the outside of the box goals. And as I was growing up, and uh, and I would hear my dad preach, and, and I'm like, wow, you know, that's awesome preaching, great job, love it. And you hear people wanting to do the renewed uh, resolutions. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do... And as I was going through my studies, I, I thought, you know, I, how, how, how can we do something different if we haven't even mastered what's, what's, what God has given us, the simple, the new, the old, actually. So old it's been from the dawn of time. How great... And I want you to sit there and just ponder this. Don't answer, please. Don't answer. How great is God's love? Have you ever thought about that? Just really, just sit there and think about it. Think on every single word. How great is God's love. You know, and I started thinking about that. I was like, wow, Lord, you've done this, you've done that, you've done so forth and so on, and this and that. That is awesome. And you can go in so many different directions. But then something hit me. You know, God... God can't help himself. God, and and bear with me, God doesn't have love. God doesn't do love. God is love. He can't help himself. That's who he is. God is love. What did he tell Moses? He says, I am the great I am. That's like, oh. You know, not all love is God. And love is not the deity that we worship. But God is Love. I know that's kind of like, what? Like I said, bear with me. I'm a little bit out of the box here. That's what you get when you're the, the fourth child in a family of PKs. He could no more deny himself than stop loving humanity. He is obsessed with us. God is obsessed with us. So this is where I'm saying we're going out of the box. How many know John 3, 
16. Y'all know it? Yes? Are you sure? Okay. So say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Everlasting life. It's a good verse. And then, of course, there's always uh, 17. You know, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. But I did a little looking at this. You start looking at the context before the after. And where, where is this conversation taking place? Do you know? There you go. Thank you. See? Family. We're helping. <laughs> What's his name again? What's his name? <laughs> Nicodemus. Nicodemus came up to Jesus and said, Hey, I, I don't get this. What are you talking about? He even says, verse 9, How can this be? Nicodemus asked. And then Jesus starts explaining it to him. And it, what got me thinking on this was what we had last week, which was an awesome, awesome presentation. Because it brings it down to the reality. That's who God is. God is love. He is real. God is the God that we can go to the minute you wake up, the minute before you fall asleep. When you wake up to go to the restroom at the middle of the night and stub your toe on that bed, God is there. Because how many of y'all done that? You're walking, do, 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 boom, oh God! And he says, yes. <laughs> yes, I've heard you say that too. <laughs> so God, or Jesus, is sitting there with Nicodemus. And he's telling him, basically he says, what does he say to him? He says, if you want to accept me, you, ha- you must be born again. And Nicodemus is like, what? That makes no sense. And I can just see Jesus sitting there. And he says, you know what? For God so loved this world. Do you feel that? Did you hear that? Because that's what he's saying to us. He's saying, for God so loved this world. That means all of us. Being a parent, you get to see a bunch of different things. Have you ever seen a parent with a case of the so loves? You ever seen a parent with a case of the so loves? Go down to a stinking soccer field. Oh my goodness. You'll see that parent, he's, they, they've, got, like, they've got the whole shirt, they've got the name on their shirt, and the, the poor little child sitting there, he's, or, or baseball, softball, whatever. And, and, and the parent and has deep, they've got like 20 people, and, you know, uh, uh, Carissa, number one. Yeah, but what about the rest of the team? And, and you see the dad. The dad's running up and down the field. Come on, Miko, you can do it. Kick the ball. And the kid's like, huh? 
and he accidentally hits the ball, and the ball goes into the goal, and everybody just goes crazy, but the parents are like, ah, that's my son, that's my son. You can't stop talking about him. Or you have that, that, uh, that co-worker that comes up to you and say, hey, uh, you ask him, oh, how was your weekend? And you really don't want to know, but, <laughs> oh, come on, you guys know. <laughs> you say, how was your weekend? And the person says, well, little Billy, you went to soccer. They did championships. You're like, oh, that's great. Good for him. Look, I got pictures. Actually, no, now it's on your phone. You're look, look. For God so loved the world. That's a whole lot of love. You know, for us to understand that, to grasp that, because I mean, how many times have we said this verse? Said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but, not, but have everlasting life, or eternal life. It almost becomes religious. That's the go-to verse. But that's God. That's Jesus Christ talking to us. And reminding you, for God so loved the world. And he understands that. He gets that. He made us. We are human. So he knows that we need to have a little bit more of an explanation. So what he does is, he gives us his Bible. And he gives us, and this is what I love, is that you look at the Bible and you start reading those, those, those wonderful stories. You start reading about, um, about Nicodemus, about Peter, about Paul. About Timothy, about Adam, about Ruth, about David. And those words that are in this book are a testimony of who God is in their lives. So that we, in turn, when we're in that issue that we're going through, when we're in that strife, we can say, the God of my forefathers, the God of the people that are in this book, in this love letter, that's the same God that is with me. And he's sealing it and saying, because for God so loved the world, he's going to be there with us through thick and thin, through anything we do. God is going to be there. You see the testimony of, of Daniel, of Isaiah, of Job, of Samuel, of Hosea. You're like, who? How many of all... I know you've heard of Hosea, right? Kind of yes, kind of no? You're like, ah, I guess. Let's go ahead and find Hosea. And we'll be kind of jumping around there. Hosea was one of God's prophets. God spoke to Hosea. 
And when God had his prophets, he gave them certain, certain tasks, certain, certain uh, missions, per se. And a lot of times they were kind of difficult. You see uh, uh, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Hosea. Well, Hosea's mission was a little interesting. Have you heard this, the story of Hosea? Yeah. God told Hosea, I want you to get up. Now, mind you, hold, let me give you a little bit of background. Hosea is the prophet of God. Israel, Israel recognizes that. They know that he is a man of God. They respect him. He's revered. And God tells this man of God, I want you to get up and I want you to go. Well, chapter 1, verse 2. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go, take yourself an adulterous wife and children of, and children of unfaithfulness, because the land is guilty of the vilest adultery in departing from the Lord. So he married Gomer, daughter of Diblaim, you know, something like that. And she conceived and bore him a son. So God told Hosea, go find yourself an adulterous woman. Someone who works in those, those kind of districts. Or as, as some people would say, ladies of the evening. And Hosea's like, okay, I, I guess. And Hosea paid attention. He, he obeyed. And he did. And he went. And he got married. And for a couple of years, it was working. Praise God. I'm sure Hosea was extremely happy. They had three kids. And then, well, And then one night, or one morning, Hosea wakes up, rolls over, and Gomer's not there. Gomer, his wife. Interesting names, huh? He leaves Hosea, or she leaves Hosea with three children. Now, I don't know about you, but as a father... With three kids, without the wife or the mother, that's kind of difficult. I'm just, oddly enough, I speak from experience. <laughs> so God tells Hosea, I need you to go find her now. 
chapter 3. Verse 1, the Lord says to me, I love the way that happens. He says to me, the Lord said to me, go. Show your love to your wife again. Though she is the love, she is loved by another and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loved the Israelites. Though they turn to other gods and loved the sacred raisin cakes. So here's the picture. God tells Hosea, okay, go find your wife now. And not just go find your wife, because, I mean, he could say, okay, I'm going to go find her, I'm going to tell her what for. She needs to be submissive to me. (laughs) No, God tells Hosea, go find your wife. Tell her you love her. Rededicate your vows to her. Take her in, regardless of what has happened. Love on her. So Hosea, being, being an obedient prophet, says, Sure, okay, fine, I'll, I'll do it. I'll go. Now mind you, Hosea is a high-ranking official. People recognize him as the prophet of God. But could you imagine Hosea walking through the streets? Now, mind you, it's, it's segregated, so there, there's, the, there's the good side of wherever they lived, and then there's the, and then there's the seedy side. And Hosea goes into the seedy side, and he's walking around, and they didn't have cell phones, they didn't have texting, they didn't have find your phone. He had to go and talk to people. So he starts walking around and, and he's like, hey, uh, have, 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 have you seen my wife? She probably came and, you know, got lost and was looking for the groceries or something. And the guy looks at him and says, no, no. He's probably trying to, to cover up or something. He goes to the next person, have, have you seen my wife? And maybe he walked up to a guy and he said, hey, I'm looking for my wife. Hosea, have you seen her? It's like, oh yeah. Hosea. Oh, you're married to her? My bad. I, last time I saw her, well, because it says that she went back to doing what she was doing before. And Hosea was probably just like, it, it, it's, it's okay. Don't, I, I just need to find my wife. Because God told me that I have to go tell her that I love her. He comes up to to Gomer. And he tells her. Verse 3. Then I told her. (laughs) 
you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man. And I will live with you. He accepted her. He loved Gomer. So much so that at that point when he found Gomer, he found her in an auction. How she got there, I have no idea. But he found her in an auction house. And he told Gomer, come on, let's go. And the guy that was auctioning her off probably said, hey, 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 nuh-uh, uh-uh. She's my property. You've got to pay for her if you want her. Now, come on. <laughs> he goes, she's my wife. What do you mean i got to pay for my own wife? Uh-uh, she's my property. So what does Hosea do? Oh, well, sorry. Got it. No. No, he didn't. Could you imagine? And I, I don't know. It says that he paid 15 shekels for her. But it also says that it is an auction house. So could you imagine? There's guys bidding for her. I'll pay two shekels. I'll pay five shekels. And he stands up and he says, I will pay 15 shekels. Paid a lot more too. But it didn't matter to him because that was his wife. And right then and there, he starts prophesying. For the Israelites will live many days without kings or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or idol. Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessing in the last days. You know, God wants to show us through Hosea's testimony how much God loves us. And I thought, man, why Gomer? What kind of a name is Gomer? It's stuck. Go figure. But if you start looking at this, everything is done with God's purpose. Amen? So let's put this into context. Hosea's name means salvation. Gomer's name 
means completion. So if we're looking at Hosea's story and applying it to what God's love is for us, who is Hosea? He is God. He is Jesus. Who is Gomer? Well, look around. We are Gomer. And without God's salvation, without God's love, we are not complete. God will not stop coming after us. He wants our salvation to be complete. The minute we realize who we are, the minute we think or we look at God's word and realize that this is our story, this is his letters to us, this is his declaration of who he is and he is love. then that makes us excited. Because without God, we are not complete. And this is where we stand now. We recognize that we are Gomer. That without God, we are incomplete. But what we need to realize is that there are so many more Gomers out there. There are so many people who need to know about God, who need to be completed with God's love. I remember Sebastian came back from uh, Philly and and one of the things that stuck was how much do you have to hate a person to not witness to them? You're like, that's harsh. But it's true. Because if you're here and you've accepted, accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you recognize that we need Jesus Christ to get to heaven. Amen? Amen? Without Jesus Christ, we are not complete. We are not getting to heaven. It's not by good deeds. It's not by how wonderful we are or how beautiful our dress or or the way we look. No. It's solely by accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, recognizing that we are sinners. So if we recognize that, And we know that we are secure at the end of this life. We're going to heaven. Amen? Amen. Regardless of the situation you're in right now, at the end of this life, we are going 
to heaven. And that's just not that's that's just not the excited point. The exciting point is we are going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ in his presence. Praising his name. That's exciting. I remember I'd hear my mom uh, after my dad would say something like that. He's like, we're we're guaranteed we're going to heaven. You know, if we die right now, we're going to heaven. My mom would say, oh, dear God, take me now. (laughs) She did it in a good way, I think. (laughs) Had nothing to do with me. But we're secure. We know where we're going. So how much do you have to hate the guy next to you to not give him that opportunity to go to heaven? You know, if God suffers of the solos for us, well, Let's turn to First John. And this, this is a great thing. Because when God repeats something, it's important, right? I mean, the whole thing is important. But when he does it more than once, hmm. John chapter 4. We're going to go ahead and start off with uh, 10, 11, and 12. I'm sorry. Did I, did I write it wrong? I'm sorry. First John. I did write it wrong. So First John, chapter 4. There it is. Verses 10, 11, and 12. This is love. Not that we love God, but He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. And then He says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, and this is the kicker. So we get, we get the so love, right? We get that God has got it bad for us. <coughs> but it... But it doesn't stop there. We also ought to love one another. God so loved us. He so loved us. And he wants us to take it further than that. He wants us to love one another. And what is love? 
love is God. He wants us to take God to the other person. <coughs> it doesn't have to be a big sermon. It doesn't have to be all ornate and everything. It's just one of those where you just say, hey, you know, God, have you heard of him? Yeah. He so loves you. It's all it takes. God will do the rest. It's not easy, though. Because, again, we come back to the same thing. God gives us the message and we take it and we love it and we, oh, dear God, oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for just speaking to me. What a good message. But when you leave these doors, what do you do with it? You comment on Facebook and you say, oh, that was a great message. Oh, I didn't understand them. You know, what do you do with it? Well, this is what God is telling us to do. Love one another. Take it to the next person. So this is where I come back to where we started. We have all these New Year's resolutions. We're going to change this. We're going to change that. We're going to create world peace. Wonderful. I'll tell you right now. Some of those New Year's resolutions you got, they're probably not going to be attainable. Andrew, God loves you. You know that? That's attainable. God loves you. We've got to be intentional. We've got to get off our seats and be intentional. You got to do it because you want to do it. Because it's really easy just to sit there and say, oh. No. But to make the decision to walk out and say, God loves you. And just walk around. God loves you, brother. It's not that difficult. God loves you. Miss Linda, God loves you. Praise God.
for those of you who know know me, I am horrified, horrified of talking in front of people. Horrified of it. If it was up to me, I would be locked up in a cabin in the mountains and maybe come out just to get food. And I would be happy there. My wife doesn't believe it. She knows me. She doesn't believe it, but she knows it's true. A friend of mine, and I'll finish with this, a friend of mine goes to another church in, uh, I believe it's Corona, and it's called Sandals Church. Never heard of it. It says it's a big church. they got a bunch of different uh, satellites and everything. And he said that his friend, when he started it, and he, he's like, well, you know, it's not sandals like, uh, like the, the resort. Never heard of that either. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm from Norwalk. <laughs> he goes, it's not sandals like the resort. And I looked at him and said, oh, okay, no, I, I, I didn't think so. Mind you, he's come into my office several times, and we've talked about the Lord, and we've, I've prayed over him, and he's prayed over me. And, 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 and he's an iron worker, so he's a little rough around the edges. But praise God. God loves everybody. And he goes, you know, this Sandals Church, he goes, it's not named after the Sandals Resort. I'm like, okay, cool. I didn't think so. And he's like, well, what would you think it was named after? I was like, well, I thought Sandals was in Jesus Christ. You know, he wore sandals in his ministry, and he walked in those sandals. And that should be a reminder to us that we need to walk Jesus' walk. And he looked at me and he's like, dude, that's really good. I'm going to tell my pastor that. So I looked at him and I felt kind of awkward. I'm like, so why'd you name it Sandals? <laughs> I had to ask. He's like, well, we named, he named it Sandals because when he started the ministry, uh, he got some really bad ingrown toenails and really bad fungus because he didn't take care of it. No, seriously, guys don't take care of their feet. I guess I shouldn't be saying this before we do communion, huh? <laughs> Notice I said guys don't take care of their feet because women, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, so he got this really bad ingrown toenails. They got bad fungus because he wouldn't take care of them. So then the doctor said, I know you're like, <laughs> the doctor told him, look, if you don't want to lose your toes, you need to air them out as much as possible. It makes sense, right? Bacteria grows in dark places. Air them out. But he didn't want to because he was so embarrassed that his feet looked nasty. I'm like, dang, how bad were his... In my head, I'm thinking, dang, that... He goes, so when I went to church, I, I just couldn't handle it. I, I was preaching and my feet were hurting. and I was like, oh. So finally he started wearing, uh, he started wearing sandals. And he got to the point where he felt comfortable. He felt like nobody was going to judge him because he was in sandals, because he had ugly toes. Because he was in a place where nobody was going to look at him and say, Ew, you're wearing last year's shoes. Or you're, you're, you're reading out of the NIV. No. He called it sandals because it was a place where he felt at home 
he felt comfortable. So look around you. We're home. We're family. Take heart. Encourage each other. Love on each other. Take strength and know that we are chosen to show God's love. So I encourage you this year, be intentional in showing your in in showing God's love to those around us. Get up. Do something that makes you feel uncomfortable. God's there. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we bless your name today, Father God. We thank you, Lord, because it isn't through our strength, Father God. Dear God, it's not through our strength. It's solely, solely through your strength, Father, that we can do what you ask us to do, Father. It's only through your strength that we can preach your word. That we can show your love. Lord, I ask that each one of us here today, Father, has the, uh, the valor, the courage to be able to show your love to somebody today, Father God. Lord, I ask that you give us a very, very bad case of the so loves. Lord, we want to love the people in this world so much that we want them to be part of this family, Father. We want to reach out to them, Lord. Lord, I ask that you uh, just use this, Father. Give us courage to get out of our seats come out of our homes step out of our comfort zones and step out in you Father Lord you've promised us time and time again that you will be there you will not let us fall Lord we want to hold on to that promise Help us to be intentional for you, Father. We ask all of this in your precious and holy name. And we say, Amen. Well, Happy New Year. (laughs) And please uh, remember that we have a communion service that's going to be served up in in the fellowship hall. Please join us. It's It's a great way to remember just to see another testimony of who Jesus is in our lives. Amen? Take care. Drive safe.